We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. My extreme good fortune to host this broadcast only surpassed by my extreme good fortune to be sitting near, but not too near, my good friend and yours, Dolomite Dave Martinez. Hello, sir. Hello, and it's good to be here. And, you know, we have uh, said that, you know, for a while now that it's been starting to feel a little bit like fall and the release of this uh, episode is September 21st. Um, But fall officially starts on the 22nd. So not only are we starting to feel and get a little bit of those low temps in the morning where it feels kind of pleasant, but we officially are going into fall. It's fall, y'all. That's what the signage says. It is true by the time you download this. We also are marking the month that follows this episode D2, as you know, will carry us into October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we've decided to bring a really special treat to our audience, our special guest, our featured conversation with Chantel Purcell. Man, what an inspiration she is. Yeah, and I mean, we all, in some manner, know someone that has been affected by cancer, breast cancer in this case specifically, um, and you know, it's 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 something that I think there's there's I think there's attention to it, but maybe I think it's always a good reminder of it um, because we forget, and it shouldn't be something that's just for one month a year. That is so true, and what Chantel does for us, for all of us, for sure, is show us how to win. She says proudly, rightfully so. She won. She is on the backside of her treatments, but she is still very much on that journey to better. We had the good fortune of connecting initially over some written correspondence of just falling in love, not just with the success that she now rightfully celebrates, but her transparency, her willingness to share. You're going to enjoy this conversation. We're not only going to touch on how it is that she's been able to endure this part of her story, but also given the fact that we are still in a season of uncertainty, all of us perhaps know how quickly and maybe even how regularly adversity can come our way. We're going to get some tricks and tips to be better suited to deal with it. And then, of course, we know, D2, I think you've got some research that suggests more people are out walking, running, living that pedestrian active lifestyle than ever before. For all those people who are re-engaging with this lifestyle or getting started for the first time, that's kind of where she finds herself again. And so she gives us some good advice for those who are in the same shoes, figuratively, getting started. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and and we can look at some of the research here. Like I said, it came from um, one of the United Healthcare did a wellness checkup survey um, this year, and you know they're seeing uh, an increase of of, of um, participation. And they're saying uh, walking and running rank as a top exercise options, especially amid COVID nineteen. So that we've seen that you know mm-hmm. as yep. in our stores, we've seen it as we're driving around. We've seen more and more people out running and walking. So the research does support that, and that the preferred uh, method. Of, of exercise right now seems to be walking at 68% and running um, um, is uh, by 28% and then other exercises like body weight exercises, cycling and weight training at home. So we're seeing an increase of people taking more interest um, or being more conscious about exercising and working out maybe because they travel, you know, are not traveling because they're at home, because they're sedentary, and they have they need an outlet for that you know energy that they just haven't had, and that's that's good. I mean that's great. I mean I hope that when this is all over, that that continues. That right now, the silver lining may be that we are all getting healthier and and creating newer and better habits. What an awesome legacy that would be. Do not go anywhere on the backside of our featured conversation, D2. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. You're a man of many hats. For those of you who do not know, D2, not only the executive producer of this podcast, also our director of marketing at Big Peach Running Company, and now our head coach for our training program. We are going to do the Run ATL fall training program virtually to reflect what we know, at least in terms of the onset of that program. I'm going to ask D2, a few questions about that program. We'll do it on the backside of our conversation with Chantel. We are going to have that conversation unedited 
so enthusiastic about bringing this to you. We'll do so right after this brief message. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. D2, you and I have been looking forward to this. Didn't know we were going to time it so perfectly, but man, have we done it again. Our special guest, our featured conversation, Chantel Purcell. I got to know her. This is such a cool way to get to know someone at the onset. So she had sent a note to our general inbox. And of course, Big Peach Running Company, we love to get testimonials. Sometimes even if it's going to be guidance or it's going to be a recommendation as to how we can make our team, our organization, our concept better, that's of course what we want to have happen. But in this note, and I will not read it all, D2, of course, you have already seen this. But for all of you who have not yet met Chantel, I believe this is going to tell you almost everything you need to know. After visiting our Alpharetta store, she writes, I'm starting my journey to rebuild my body after a long battle with cancer. P.S. I won. And she goes on to talk about her experience, and for sure, it was a great experience. And yet at the same time, her transparency, it just hit me. Many of you know I lost my mom to cancer last October. Many of you know that there is a story in my estimation in most lives of what cancer has come to mean to each individual because of our capacity to love others and one another. And here she is, Chantel, thank you for being part of this. Well, hi, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited to be here and I'm honored to be here. And thank you so much for this invitation. And uh before I go any further, Mike, I did not know that about your mother, and um, I just extend my heartfelt condolences to you and your family. Well, thank you very much. It was it was a tough season. I will say that in hindsight and knowing what I knew, especially in part of the reason that I wanted to share your story and quite frankly, just your enthusiasm, your personality, your what I have referred to in the past as your joie de vivre is because when I look back at last October and now here we are so quickly as we tape getting ready to hurdle into October of 2020, I have to admit that knowing as sick as my mom was, I'm actually very thankful that I did not have to watch her go through many of her treatments in the main thrust of this pandemic and some of the things that, quite frankly, you're far more expert than what I am. But I certainly appreciate that. And yet at the same time, you are an inspiration to me, not just because you were willing to be so transparent, but you were indicative in that note that you sent us right at the onset that you are still very much in this journey that you are taking. Before we talk about the journey and some of the things that you're doing, give us a little bit of the backstory. I know that you've got the capacity to kind of look in the rear view now and not just celebrate some places from which you've come, but also some of those mountains that you've climbed and you're now on the backside. So just give everybody a little bit of background, if you don't mind, Chantel. For sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so, well, cancer has been a, um, it's been probably my largest challenge yet. Um, although not my first, certainly the the largest and I would say, you know, longest period of time where I've had to kind of muster some strength and keep going and um, to really kind of dig deep for that resilience. Uh, but prior to that, you know, I, I just I think I probably faced my first um, other significant challenge when I was much younger at 16 and, and yet another physical challenge when I had um, back surgery for scoliosis. And, um, you know, being a 16 year old girl, that was really challenging and kind of learning how to walk again and being in a body cast and all of those things. So I, 
gosh, I mean, I'll probably try to say too many things at one time, but when I carry just that experience forward and to where I later, you know, found myself, um, you know, these past couple of years going through cancer, what I, what I really found is, you know, my ability to, to keep going. And, um, like I just said, you know, the resilience and you just dig deep, um, kind of find your inner strength and your own silver linings to kind of, um, Well, and not only finding silver linings, when I look at, and so fully, and I've already mentioned this to you, fully transparent to everyone. As soon as I got your note, I saw some ways to learn more about you. And I just see in every picture when you didn't have your hair, when you were having to prepare for the mastectomies and all these other considerations that I cannot personally relate, you still had a smile on your face. You still were super energetic about what tomorrow might bring. You were optimistic about what the outcome would be. And so when you say silver linings, yeah, maybe it's a little bit easier now on the backside, but you seem to have a silver lining minded personality and outlook, even when you were in the midst of your treatment. That's true. It's, it's, um, it's funny, you know, I started, um, I started blogging and sort of, uh, talking about my experience literally the day after my diagnosis. And I wasn't really sure at that time, like why I was even doing that. And, um, you know, I think it sort of came together on its own. But um, in that very first video, I remember saying that no matter what okay means, I know I'll be okay. And I absolutely knew that within my core. And I will share that I really wasn't scared. I don't think I was ever truly frightened or fearful um, of the cancer. Um, There were a lot of uncertainties, but I just always felt like I could get through them. And my very first treatment, you're right, I mean, it was chemo and it was losing my hair. When I faced that and I knew that that was, a, it was my reality, it was coming and that there was nothing I could do to change any of this. Um, but I could, I could only direct sort of how I went through these things. Um, so before I lost my hair and it was long, I decided that, you know, I'm going to find out how and if I can donate my hair. Um, and I would say that was probably my first silver lining through this whole breast cancer experience is, um, that I was able to find an amazing organization who makes and provides free wigs for children. And, um, I just thought that was incredible. And I was ecstatic to be able to have something to contribute to other little warriors. I mean, here I am a grown up and trying to, you know, navigate these really kind of rough waters, but when I thought about young children trying to go through all of this. I so mean, you, just, you have to I, do us a favor. You have to share that organization. Yeah. D2 and I are both with longer I locks than we probably should have here during our coronavirus time. So now all of our listeners perhaps will have a place to donate after that long awaited trip to the barber yeah. or to the stylist. Childrenwithhairloss.org. Um, they are an amazing organization and coupled with um, free wigs for kids. They do take, um, donated hair and I'll kind of do a little plug here, six inches or more. Um, it is okay if it's been color treated and, um, they take this hair and they make beautiful wigs for children. Um, the backstory on her, and I'll just try to make this a little brief is that, (laughs) uh, she started as a hairstylist with a little tiny niece who had cancer. And she figured, you know, I'm in the hair business. I need to be able to help this child. She wanted to help her find a wig. She couldn't. They didn't make them that small. She felt that that was her thing. And so she started making these wigs for children. Fast forward about 20 years or so for her. And she herself was actually diagnosed with breast cancer the Mm -hmm. year that I was diagnosed. And so she and I connected and have become distant friends. And um, I'm one of her biggest cheerleaders for her organization. Very cool. There it is. Childrenwithhairloss.org. That will be in our show notes. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I had Not to, especially, I don't know, we'll have to look into the fine point D2 to see if they'll take all this gray hair that we seem to have and whether that's <laughs> of any use to anyone. But uh, please, Chantel, go on. I just had to make sure we pulled that out and shared that with our audience as well. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that was kind of one of my pivotal moments. I think that sort of might've set the foundation for the fight that I had to come, right? Because, you know, this is, this was my first hurdle to really overcome, you know, it was the beginning of my treatment, starting with chemo, knowing I was within two weeks going to lose my hair, which coincidentally fell on my 50th birthday. So 
Um, my only goal at that time was to have hair on my birthday, and which I did. And a few days later, I um, you know, made a, a, a great cut. And uh, my hairstylist, who's an amazing human being in Roswell, Georgia, I don't know if you'll allow me to give him a little there shout out. There are no out, rules but... here. We already broke <sighs> one of the rules that everyone knows, and that is not to timestamp your broadcast. Oh, okay. We do that all the time. We've been doing it since the beginning of the pandemic. So what the heck? Let's not be confined. Please, let's get the shout out for us hairstylists that took such good care of you. Jacob Kahn in Roswell, Georgia is absolutely amazing. Um, a great human, uh, just <laughs> an Instagram sensation and um, a really dear friend now. He helped me through the whole process of um, cutting and saving and salvaging my hair and sending it off to be used. And um, and moving forward past that, uh, you know, I uh, looked in the mirror when I did have, uh, when I had truly lost all of my hair. He gave me, actually, he did give me a cute little pixie cut that I managed to keep for about 10 days before all of my hair had fallen out. And um, so when I did finally look in the mirror and I had no hair, um, you know, that isn't an easy thing to see for the first time. But, you know, I did a double take and the person I saw looking back at me was an absolute I hope you don't have to bleep this out, but badass warrior. And there was something in being bald that it just made me feel empowered to take on what I was about to take mm. on. And, um, you know, these were all the stepping stones in the beginning of my journey. Um, so after, you know, 16 weeks of chemo and no hair, no eyelashes, no eyebrows, um, I had a about four weeks break before I had a bilateral mastectomy. And, um, you know, as a woman, that's extremely, you know, we, uh, y'all probably can't relate in this same sense because you're gentlemen, but, um, you know, we all have things sexually speaking, you know, about our, um, our, ourselves that you know, we connect with and relate to is sort of our identity. And my hair was one of them. My breasts were certainly another. These are the things that make me feel whole and feminine and, you know, just, the things that I identified with and, you know, cancer was sort of stripping them away. Um, but at the same time, I still had so much to be grateful for because I was, you know, quite frankly, I was still alive. Um, and I knew that a lot of this was temporary. You know, the hair would come back or the breast wouldn't grow, but we could certainly try to reconstruct that, which we're kind of doing right now. Um, you know, but I just, I, I think, Overall, looking through the experiences that, um, you know, one of the things that helped me find my silver linings was knowing that there is a time frame on this, knowing, you know, I just felt like it, cancer wasn't going to take my life. And, and if it did, it did, you know, that I was okay with that too, but I was going to fight like crazy, you know, and do my part of it. Um, every bit of it. And I would worry later about putting the pieces back together. So when my surgeons and my oncologist told me they preferred I not reconstruct immediately after my mastectomies, I did exactly as they said, because they knew I would need further radiation. Um, so after my surgeries, I had another, you know, about another month for a break and, uh, and then underwent a month of daily radiation. Um, and, you know, by not having that immediate reconstruction, it enabled my body to, um, to better take the radiation without any additional um, obstacles to overcome. And, uh, but I think one thing that really, like I said, kind of pulled me through all of this was knowing that there was an end in sight. You know, it might not be right around the corner, but just knowing that it was temporary, big picture temporary, um, made it doable. And, uh, and it, I, again, I mean, I, I hate to sort of you know, say that I'm sort of a silver lining person, but I am. I mean, I think that's just sort of in my combination of DNA and just living through life experiences. Um, L let me pull this out a little bit, Chantel, because sure. one of the things that really struck me and was, was really super cool based on the vantage point that I had. And, and for those who've not already made this note, certainly we'll include it in our show notes. Purcell is P-U-R-C-E-L-L. -L. You can find Chantel, not just on Instagram, but also on YouTube. But as I did some of my own research, and you are right, D2 and I, and perhaps many of our listeners who are male are not gonna be able to just fully connect 
with a mastectomy or implants or reconstruction or other things that are, are part of that part of your story. Many of us aren't going to be able to immediately gravitate to a place that says, well, this is what hair loss is all about. Or even so, I understand it in the same capacity as someone who's undergoing treatment for breast cancer. But the way that you put not just your story, but the intricate details of this story out in front of others. Candidly speaking, and maybe somewhat comically, we get people who come into our stores every single day to go through our fit process, and they whisper that they think that they overpronate. <laughs> they won't take their socks off because they have a bunion that is bigger today than what it was six months ago, and they don't want anyone to see it. And here you are being completely yourself, including these items that, in my estimation, are far greater than someone who might wobble a little bit as they come through their gait cycle or have a bunion that didn't look the same six months ago. And I don't want to belittle anyone who has taken that approach as it relates to getting fit for a pair of running shoes or certainly whether they decide to ultimately take off their socks so we can get a good look at their foot shape to better serve them. But where does that courage come from? And what would you maybe suggest to me or others who sometimes might not want to tell the full story or might hide a part of our story or part of who we really are and maybe even rob ourselves in the process of what might be a healing or an improved relationship or quite frankly, a better treatment or outcome? I think for starters, I I absolutely acknowledge that different people handle things differently. And um, there is knowledge about bunions because someone came forward and shared theirs, you know, oh, what I mean, a great point. so, um, you know, I found that there were things I didn't know and it's kind of like being afraid of the dark, you know, I mean, we're afraid of the dark because we can't see. And, um, there were things that I didn't know that that's where fear is rooted, um, in what we don't know. So my personal passion was, I'm afraid of the dark personally. And it's like, I'm going to shine a bright light in all of those little dark crevices that, um, you know, once you shine the light, they're not quite as scary. And, um, you know, for the people that would follow my personal journey or, you know, bunions and trying on the right shoes and, you know, just whatever that situation might be, um, someone has shown a light there. Um, Someone has, uh, I think, sort of paved the way. And, um, you know, whether it be you going through, you know, I mean, I think we all kind of overcome hurdles and every time I've said this several times before, it's like we all climb our own mountains through life, all of us, whether it's cancer, whether it's financial, whether it's a job change, whether it's a family, um, you know, situation, we all climb our own mountains. Um, but once we get to the top of that mountain, guess what happens guys? Like, we can turn around and we can see other people coming right behind us. And, you know, how amazing is it if we actually can extend a hand to grab them and pull them up to the top of that mountain? And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, my cancer story might not resonate with everyone, but everyone can absolutely um, connect with the fact that we all face challenges, um, just different sizes all the time. But that's kind of the heartbeat of life, right? I mean, it doesn't flatline, you know, until we're dead. So until then, it's going up and down and we're just kind of riding the wave, you know. So whether people choose to share that, you know, broadly and bravely and openly, or if they decide to, you know, whisper about it, we all face it our own ways. But it's because of the people who um, do it a little more out in the open. Um, That's where knowledge and growth can come from. I want to tap into the the beauty of your acknowledgement that, you know, all of us have adversity and certainly that there are those who come behind us and maybe their journey looks similar or maybe it looks radically different, but there are parts of our journey or your journey that we can pull from that now help us or somehow provide guidance to us. But before I do so, you know, there's no doubt that when we talk about Breast Cancer Awareness Month or we talk about breast cancer, we recognize a a volume of pain and a volume of concern for not just those who are in our immediate circle, but well around us in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our community, certainly in this country. In 2020, it is true that one in eight women in the United States alone 
one in eight will develop invasive breast cancer in their lifetime. One in eight. Think about that statistic for a second. Think about how many things that we can say one in eight. This year alone, it's estimated that more than 275,000 new cases of invasive breast cancer will be diagnosed. And so part of why we wanted to, to bring you Chantel is because this is not something that is niche or rare. This is something that all of you already know is way too common. And to have someone who has the courage and quite frankly, in some respects, the audacity to be as transparent as she is, I can tell you whether it is for yourself, for someone you may not know all that well, or someone who is a dear loved one, send them to her YouTube channel. Of course, that link will be in our show notes. There is so much good information there. And I say that not being a female and whose mom has already passed away. So for those of you who are in the midst of this struggle or beside Chantel as she makes this journey, there is a wealth of value there because like you said about the Bunyan Chantel, at some point, someone, in this case you, made the decision to be open, upfront, and real so that others might benefit. But let's go back to what you just said. All of us do indeed face some adversity. This year has been a textbook indication that that's true. And I get not everyone is suffering from the pandemic the same as someone else might be. But it doesn't change the fact there has been real discord inflicted on individuals, on families, on neighborhoods, on communities, on this country. And yet you have a story that all of us would say, wow, many instances, there's no doubt that that's worse. Is there anything that you could say maybe more generically that would be good advice for all of us, for those of us who have had to furlough people or who have been furloughed? For those of us who are wondering, man, what is it like being at home for so long? I'm even starting to go tired of my kids always being here every single morning instead of going to school or instead of knowing that my husband or my spouse is going to head off to work, that we're going to be here together and there's some relational challenges that we never would have dreamed of a year ago. Perhaps it has to do with health because this virus has shown up on the front door and barged through this home and now is practically in the living room. Is there anything that you might just say from your story is good advice for all of us that are in the midst of some adversity? Gosh, I mean, there's, uh, that's, it's a big topic, but, um, the first, the first word that comes to mind is transformation. And, um, you know, I know just through, you know, my own personal experiences and what I've gone through, but also just, you know, being another human being, you know, getting through 2020 without cancer being in the conversation, you know, it's just, this has been a crazy hard year, you guys. I mean, Mm. like, I don't have to tell you, right. Um, you know, from being quarantining and just, you know, how our neighborhoods and our stores and, you know, our daily lives, our jobs, our communities, so much has changed. And, um, you know, and one thing that I think about is, you know, when I started my hard journey, reminding myself that it wasn't permanent helped me realize that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and during that time, um, transformation happens um, and transformation requires time to happen. Um, but in going through that whole, you know, that going through the whole thing, um, you gain perspective. Um, one thing I've said, you know, about my personal journey and that I'll kind of add to this is I've said so many times that, you know, this ugly disease, but so much beautiful, um, you know, relationship, so much beauty and clarity and perspective has come from this ugly disease. And that really could be, uh, you know, said the same for 2020. I mean, there's been a lot of ugliness and hardship and struggle. Um, but I have a feeling there's probably been a lot of beauty and connectedness and um, strength that's probably, you know, that we've all probably gained through this whole experience that we're now calling 2020. And I pray to God that it's over by 2021. Um, but temporary change creates, or I'm sorry, temporary challenge creates permanent change. And that's one of those things that it just kind of, you know, I journal and it just uh, came to me recently, actually, I'm sort of prepping the talk for you guys. And um, and, it, and it is one of those things that kind of like when when I thought about it, it, it was something that I thought about. And, you know, again, just sort of identifying that the struggle is temporary, um, but it can create permanent change. And what does that look like? I mean, it looks like 
you know, change is a little scary sometimes. Um, but for most people, I think change is often scary. Um, I'm a little resistant to change myself, but I also know that um, a lot of growth happens there. That's where all the growth happens. We don't really grow by staying the same. And, um, and sometimes we have to just kind of push through a little bit and maybe accept our current circumstances um, and allow that to work for us. Um, you know, I feel like our thoughts are so powerful as well. And, uh, and I've said this so many times, our thoughts really can direct our behavior. They can work for us or against us. Um, I feel like, you know, in uh, so many of the women that I talk to, and I just, I happen to talk to women more than I do men, but I'm sure this probably applies to every human. We have this internal dialogue running all the time. And it's either talking positively for us or it's working its way against us. And, you know, whatever that is, I mean, I can um, put it in the context of me getting my body back. You know, when I first started thinking about, okay, I'm going to start moving again. I'm going to try to get off the couch. You know, I mean, once you go through everything that I've been through, it absolutely affected my um, stamina and my energy. I mean, to a level that I didn't even know was possible. So, you know, a lot of my life was just sitting um, and very stationary. And what I discovered is that um, a body in motion stays in motion, a body at rest stays at rest. There's no fooling around with that statement. It's so true. And um, it's difficult to get out of that stagnant um, sort of state and to get moving. And when I finally said, you know, I need to just get up and get going and uh, was faced actually with some physical challenges, some things that uh, my cancer treatments had left behind, some uh, side effects that I had to deal with. And so I found myself at a podiatrist that afforded me guys, uh, afforded me to you guys um, to go be fitted for a great pair of shoes so I could get moving and stuff again. And um, I don't know if I can shout him out either. He's been amazing in my journey back. Um, but he recommended that I go to Big Peach and get fitted and sized and, you know, to talk about the problems that I had um, as a result of the treatments that I underwent and um, you know, just kind of getting moving again. And, uh, but, you know, the first couple of days I go to, you know, put on my shoes and I go to walk down my driveway, which is a little steep. And I'm like out of, I'm huffing by the time I get to the, you know, into the street and wondering like, well, you know, I'm not even going to get very far. And, you know, instead of listening to that little negative voice saying, you can't do this, turn around and go home, just, you know, sit down, you tried, um, you know, I let the little good angel speak up and say, no, just, I mean, take baby steps, every single steps, every step counts, um, baby steps are steps too, and just keep moving, keep walking. And I pushed myself a little further than I might have actually felt comfortable doing. Um, and then I went back home and then the next day I walked a little bit further. Uh, but I decided early on that I wasn't going to make it a race. I'm not making it a marathon and that it wouldn't be about how far or how fast, but just that, that I just got up and go. And, um, so that's kind of been my personal physical journey back has been, uh, just to get moving again and to get walking again. And I am excited and happy and proud and thankful to say that I am up to about three miles a day. Wow. And, well done. Uh, Congratulations. I've, that is awesome. I've mastered the 19 minute mile and Hey, there's people that'll laugh at that, but I don't care. That's my, that's my personal best right now. So <laughs> I'm out to, I'm out to beat it every day. Um, well, we obviously have the good fortune of working with a lot of people who are just getting started or getting started again. So I want to, I want to take a crack at that for sure. But before doing so, let's talk about that decision that, that you made as it related to transformation and certainly transformation was going to happen in ways that we've already discussed, whether it has to do with physical appearance or whether it has to do with just side effects and realities that come with the level of treatment that you had to undergo. But positive trans transformation is one of those things that can be much less certain that it maybe even is a decision. And you obviously made that. And to some degree, you indicated that you were a silver linings kind of person. You had hardships that you've had to overcome that preceded the cancer diagnosis. 
for someone right now, maybe even in a sweet spot, maybe in a very comfortable place, but may not be flexing or thinking about those muscles that then become required in a season of adversity. How do we get that person, maybe it's even me, to start building those muscles? Because it's going to come. And for the same reasons that we hear that, wow, well, this person, you know, ended up having to have surgery or ended up with some surprise visit to the hospital or the ER, but thank goodness he or she was in pretty good shape because they made it out pretty quickly or the recovery was easier. And then you're thankful for that healthy living that has been decades in the making or that was a transformational decision a few years ago. In the same spirit, knowing that adversity is coming for all of us, what might you suggest to help us prepare for it, knowing that it is inevitable? I think that's a really great question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is gratitude. Mm. And, you know, if you've got a perfect life, that's awesome. Good for you. Um. <laughs> that will change, right? Congratulations. We're all for it. You and I share the enthusiasm for all who have a perfect life right now. But I'm also exactly. as certain as I am as enthusiastic for that, that it's likely to change. So here's the beautiful thing with gratitude is while things are so good, you know, like I mentioned before, life is like, I mean, if you think about that hospital, uh, the, the heart monitor you see at the hospital, it goes up and down while we're, think, you know, while we're alive. And, uh, you know, when we're dead is when it flatlines. And I feel like life mimics that. I mean, that's what we all do. And so, you know, if you're riding the high, um, the high peak, that's awesome. Um, I don't want to be the, you know, bearer of bad news and say, well, you know, you've got something coming, but you might um, just, it's inevitable, right? I mean, it's, it's going to be a little peaks and valleys here. So, um, but the one thing with gratitude is that while everything is great and wonderful and going smooth and the job is great and my health is, you know, fantastic, my finances are all in line and my family is all healthy, um, there's there's so many things to be grateful in that, right? I mean, it's like easy to find the gratitude. Um, but if you start practicing gratitude during that time, it might make it a little bit more of like a go-to when things aren't quite as easy to find the things to be grateful for. Um, but gratitude in the low places for me looks like, thank you for the air I'm breathing. Thank you for the fresh cut grass that I'm smelling. Thank you for the birds that I hear chirping. Thank you for... Um, you know, the feeling of the warm water as I'm in the shower. Thank you for my soft bed. Um, you know, I mean, there's just, it's just, it's a shift of what you're grateful for. Um, but I do think that a practice of gratitude um, can help you in both your highs and lows. Wow. What a great response. And man, just camp out on that for a few seconds, D2, that if we do make that a practice, and I'm not suggesting you or I don't regularly or occasionally or that our listeners don't do it on a daily or perhaps multi-time-per-day basis, but at the same time, that gratitude, what a powerful force. I know it's been for you, Chantel, and certainly for all of us, regardless of what season we're in and the level of difficulty that we may have in our lives right now. Well, you did not say it. You are obviously wonderfully guarded to make sure that you don't violate any run ATL podcast norms that are very, very rare or limited in general. But Dr. Perry Julian, a former guest on this podcast, I believe was the physician that you were referring to when mentioning the onset of your walking routine. Is that correct? That is absolutely my go-to guy. <laughs> right on. Well, we'll put a link to the podcast yeah. episode that we had him on. Obviously, his specialty different than oncology and perhaps the physician that you most look forward to seeing during this journey, given how many others I'm sure you saw with conversations that were not as forward looking as it was to get to that three, three mile mark or maybe even that three minute mark. But let's talk about that for a second because we get that in this season has been wonderful for Big Peach Running Company in that we have so many people that are just like, man, I should have been doing this years ago, or I used to do this years ago, and now I'm going to start doing it again. And it might be walking more frequently. It might be saying, I'm going to get to that 5K distance, regardless of what pace might be. I'm going to start running again because I loved it when I was younger, when I was thinner, when I was in a different job or whatever it might have been. And we just love hearing that because we don't have to go out and build the enthusiasm. They brought it to us. Now we just have to figure out a way to service it and stoke it even further. 
But for you, I mean, you were really starting at ground zero and it's not like you were inactive or that you didn't understand healthy living and the importance of fitness and wellness in your overall lifestyle. That was there. But by necessity, as part of the treatment and as part of the recovery, you had to put that on pause. And now that you recognize that you're not the same person that you were before those treatments began, before the diagnosis occurred, you're going to give yourself what I believe is the important latitude to say, I'm starting over. I'm maybe even starting from scratch. Mm. What are some of the things that for that true beginner, regardless of whether their story looks anything like yours, that you would say has been important for you to re Alize for the first time, or maybe re-realize because you're doing this again and truly starting over. I, I, so many things I want to say right there is um, do not gosh, hold back. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, thankfully, you know, I, I had a good, you know, I had a a good place that I feel like I started from before. I mean, that I was uh, pretty active and healthy, and you know, lean and green and all of that stuff, but. Um, all of that really took a back burner, um, oddly enough, you know, during the two years, I mean, it just, uh, really changed the pace of my life. Um, so coming back, it was at square one, but I didn't feel necessarily like I was starting over. I felt like I was starting anew and I don't mm. even know if there's, um, you know, if that's, if you, if the, if, the, if it's so evident what I'm saying there, but to me, I feel it. Um, starting anew is like a whole new chapter. You turn the page, you have a blank slate. And um, so I'm not trying to go back to do something old that I did maybe well or not well before. I was going to just recreating a whole new wheel for me. And um, which I felt like there's just so much more opportunity in that. I'm not limited by what I used to do. Um, I get to think outside the box. I'm starting from new. So it's like, what does that look like for me now? For now, it starts like just getting moving. It start, it's, it's getting off my couch and doing my three miles. And it's, it's, oddly enough, it's doing kitchen squats while I wait for my microwave or while I'm cooking something. It's, um, you know, doing leg, leg stretches while I'm, um, while I'm like waiting for something in the kitchen or, you know, or sitting on the couch. Um, it's just moving. And um, it's pushing myself a little further and it's looking outside the box. I got to tell you, I was actually out a couple of days ago. And one of uh, my old favorite places to go, which it, it's old as of, I discovered it while I was in chemo, or I think I had just finished chemo. It was a trail on the Chattahoochee that I had hiked. And when I got out there and hiked it a couple of days ago, it took me back to that feeling of accomplishment. The first time I found that trail, mm. I had just finished chemo. When I was bald, I didn't have a hair on my body. And I was pretty weak. Um, I was not in good shape. And I remember my shorts being super tight. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what was my husband thinking as he was walking behind <laughs> me with my super tight shorts? That just barely even fit. But... Um, you know, but I felt so strong and empowered just being on that trail. It didn't matter how quickly I was taking it. And so I got back out on that trail the other day and um, it gave me that same feeling of power. And um, I own this. I'm in control of this. And um, I have a new desire to start trail running. I'm not there yet, um, but I have a new goal. So I think what this whole new uh, chapter, you know, this whole new uh, page that I get to rewrite, I think what it looks like for me is just doing new things, things that I maybe didn't do before um, or doing them in a, in a different way. Like uh, I've never trail run, but I can't wait to do it. And I'll be talking to you guys about what shoes I'm going to need. Well, um, you've, you've, you've certainly struck a chord with D2 and I, I can tell you that that is our jam. So whether it oh, has anything yay. to do with shoes or, anything else for that matter we could do a whole episode on trail running in fact we have to hold ourselves back from not allowing this to turn into that every single episode so we are all with you Chantel, on the trail running for sure <laughs> okay knowing that we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna wrangle you guys in you're taking me on a trail run at some point uh, that would be our pleasure i can tell you there are plenty of places i've said in the past and i will go on record that east of the Mississippi, there is not a better major metropolitan area in which to be or want to be a trail runner. Awesome. 
Well, and let me let me pull two things out because I don't want to lose this in my enthusiasm for the fact that you want to become a trail runner and that would be easy for me to do. <laughs> the two things that you mentioned that I think are, are great advice, maybe for everyone, no matter their level of engagement in this lifestyle or perhaps that person who is a little bit intimidated but knows this would be a good idea for him or her. First, you mentioned the integration, that this is part of your daily existence or certainly how you go about things. You mentioned that you're doing some of those exercises at times that some people might not think about that. It's like, oh yeah, does it really need to be setting 60 or 90 minutes aside three, four, six days a week? No, maybe not. Maybe it's a few minutes here and there as a way to get started, just to get more connected with, to your point, just moving and being active. I think that's an awesome tip and one that I had not thought about recently, but I believe is far oftentimes more successful than trying to immediately schedule 45, 60, 90 minutes on your calendar a certain number of times each week. Put those two to three minute drills in on a regular basis, and then you can build from there. Secondly, you mentioned the excitement that you're feeling that comes with getting back on that trail or that just level of interest that comes with something in your term was new, like what trail running might be. And that's available to all of us, right? There is no shortage of information. The expression that, you know, certainly there's too much information out there and not enough wisdom for the person who seeks a little bit of information, the wisdom will come. And there are lots of new and exciting ways to keep fitness, including what we call a pedestrian active lifestyle, new and exciting, but what works for Chantel or D2 or someone else may not be yours but you'll find it, but go out and seek it. Chantel, let me ask this. There's a, an expression that I've always enjoyed, if nothing else, because it, it kind of reflects movement. It says, in any given moment, and this is Maslow, and a lot of us remember Maslow from the hierarchy of needs. We go back, it's like, oh man, don't bring up that particular class. I barely got out of it. But he also says, in any given moment, we have two options. And here's why I like this when you think about the pedestrian active lifestyle, even though it's metaphorical. He says the two options are simply this, to step forward into growth or step back into safety. In mm-hmm. essence, he's saying there is no standing still. That is not really an option. That if you are standing still, if you are not making a decision and taking action, that that's still one of those two. And I would argue that that must mean you have elected to step back into safety. Here you are on the backside of the treatment. And by your indications, what would be suggested is remission, or I love in that initial correspondence we shared that you won. You feel like a victor, rightfully so. But it doesn't change the fact that every day things are different than what they were three or five years ago. During this pandemic, we're all coming to that conclusion to some degree. And for some, I get how it's actually been much better. Maybe it's been nothing but one silver lining after another. But I also think by the time we turn the page, maybe it's September, October, but maybe it's January, February, maybe it's next year at this time, we're going to have to decide whether we're going to step forward into growth or step back into safety. Given your journey, what would you tell us that will help us on our journey? Because I will tell you, I believe that most of our listeners have not had a journey that's been as difficult as what yours is. And yet at the same time, I do not doubt that there is difficulty in it and that there's more difficulty to come. So when we think about that intent to step forward into growth, what is it that you would say allows you to be as confident as I know you are, that that is your choice every single day, even with what you've got behind you. Wow, that's a very um, profound thought. Uh, I, I, I mean, wow. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I don't personally know what it's like to not be stepping forward. Mm. Um, and I was just sitting here trying to think about why, why is that? Um, and I, it's a habit I, for I mean, you I, at this point. Yeah, I mean, would you I mean, say I, it is, it's it habitual? Habitual, but to me, it's just sort of the definition of life. I mean, you know, we don't stay at any one point. I mean, you know, I'm, I didn't stay 10. I didn't stay 11. I didn't stay 12. I mean, like we're, we're moving forward through this whole life experience, you know? I mean, um, so it's kind of like the train's moving. I mean, you're either on the train or you're off the train, and I would be on the train. I mean, you know, to not be moving is not to be living. And, you know, when I think about living, it's 
experience. It, the word is experience. And, and then it doesn't mean it has to be grand um, necessarily, you know, like yachts and traveling and vacation or um, big houses or lots of things. It's just living and experiencing. Um, yeah, at the ex- same time, would, would you say it's, it's proactive? So another quote comes to mind. I'm a, a John Maxwell guy to at least some degree. And, and the quote that comes to mind, and I don't know, I may splice and dice this a little bit, but that change is inevitable. Growth is optional. And I think what that means is there are going to be people who are going to be reactive or unlikely to take an active role in where the change occurs or going back to this Maslow quote, stepping voluntarily into growth. Would you say that, that, that it is active or that just, you know, the daily passing doesn't give us any real choice that we're just going to have to, you know, kind of buck up and, and get ready for it. Because what I've seen from your story is you elected ultimately to grow from this. There was no doubt that change occurred, right? I mean, you can look at this mm. from the Instagram pics. You can look at this from the comments that you're willing to make on YouTube and that are now preserved for all of us forever. <laughs> there's no doubt that there's change there. But what I see actually, and, and the reason that I would grab that Maslow is I, I see growth that's hugely inspirational to me and I know to others. And yet... I don't know how we can guarantee it to the greatest degree possible for tomorrow. And, and, and that's one of those things that I know for me, I want to have that in my toolkit. I want to have that in my bag of resources as I go into whatever that season is that awaits, whatever that next adversity is. And when you think about your experiences and some of the things that, that you mentioned, has it been proactive? Has it been conscious? Has it been a choice? I get the sense that it is. Yeah, I, I think um, really kind of taking a moment to think about that. I, it is a choice. Um, I do think that that we do have a choice of being proactive, of going and doing and taking that step or not. Um, you know, life will keep moving. That train will be moving. Um, whether or not we're on it, it's, it is our choice, I think. Um, you know, and sometimes, you know, I kind of reflect back to the days that, you know, I just wasn't able to be a participant really in life. Um, you know, that was my choice to just sit idly by um, because of the treatment I was undergoing, because of my physical health and energy and whatnot. Um, I wasn't able to participate. Um, and I actually accepted that for what it was, again, knowing that it wasn't a permanent uh, situation. So that might actually fuel my decisions now, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I, that I do have a choice and, um, and I have sat idle and I don't have to now. Um, so I think that's the thing is that I don't have to, it can, um, it can look like how I want it to look. And I do want to be engaged. I do want to be a participant in life. And I think maybe it's just you know, tapping into that personal desire. Well, and part of why I want this to be pulled out is because I think even from what is on these areas that I've been able to stay connected with you, when you say live your best life, despite your circumstances, that is a choice. Mm-hmm. Live your best life, despite your circumstances. That is a choice for sure. Where we'll finish Chantel, and we're not particularly good at PSAs, but at the same time, you know, when I first had the good fortune of connecting with you and we think about some of the messaging that we'll get through breast cancer awareness. Sometimes some of us like, man, I've already heard this, or I've heard this so many times this month. That's okay. Especially if it helps save a life, if it helps get people thinking about things that does save lives. What would you say that is important for all of us? And yes, I know it's much, much, much more rare for men to get breast cancer, but it's not unheard of. What is it that you would maybe coach others to be thinking about as we go into Breast Cancer Awareness Month and ensure that we don't have patients who are suffering more than they would have otherwise needed to, or unfortunately, that we're not losing lives that could have otherwise been saved? Thank you for asking. That's a really good question. Um, number one is, and I don't want this to you know, sound like everything everyone's ever heard, self-exams, 
self-exam actually saved my life. I had just had a um, checkup with my doctor three months before, but in those three months, my tumors, actually one that I didn't even feel, but they grew to, you know, stage two. I had stage Mm. two cancer within three months. Um, But it was because I did a self-exam and it was because I regularly did self-exams that I knew what my normal felt like. So when I felt something that didn't feel normal, it didn't feel like it used to, um, I knew immediately something was different. And quite honestly, I knew immediately before they even did the biopsy that it was cancer, Um, which is, you know, a whole nother story. I'm definitely an optimistic, but I just knew, um, optimist rather, Uh, but I just knew. So I would say self-exam, number one, um, so important to know what your normal is so that you can identify when something's not normal. And, um, you know, I talk to women now on a daily basis. And one of the recurring statements I hear is that they're sometimes afraid um, to either do self-exams or mammograms. And I encourage them by telling them the only thing worse than a cancer diagnosis is not receiving a cancer diagnosis. Um, So if that makes sense, I mean, you know, if you know you have cancer, you can at least do something to fight it, um, to fight for your life. And I did just that. And I won. Gosh, I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, Chantel Purcell, she did win and you did also win many admirers along the way. I am at the top of the list, Chantel. It has been so cool. Certainly we appreciate the privilege it has been to be part of your journey, even if nothing else, to know that the laces that you tie up every single day are part of shoes that at one point we had the chance to put in a box and and, and ultimately send you on your way with. But more importantly, for this information that I had no idea was out there, and now we have the good fortune of sharing. This is such an awesome indication of how we can come together. The resources, the technology, and a personality like yours, I hope you understand you're not just making the world a better place. You are truly saving lives with being as bold as you are. And I, for one, cannot thank you enough for it, as well as being part of this today. Thank you so much. And like I said, I just I feel extremely honored um, and grateful to be here to thank you for you know giving my voice some volume and uh, such a such a great experience to to be here today with you and D2. Um, so thank you guys. Our pleasure. We'll look forward to that trail run. In the meantime, yes. we're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back after this message. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast D2. That had all kinds of ups and downs for me to hear that type of story, even though I know it's all too common, still takes me to places that quite frankly aren't that much fun to go. And yet at the same time, hearing not just her positive attitude, but the real reasons behind having such a positive outlook, super cool. I'm a big Chantel Purcell fan. Yeah, I mean, I think the the one thing that we all need a reminder of, and you know, she summed it up at the very beginning, uh, at the very end, is the to, to do the checkups, to mm, become great advice, to, to become aware of those changes, and not to be afraid to find out the answer. You know, I think the, the you know fear and the fear of of finding out bad news prevents a lot of people from getting checked, and. Um, I think if you don't get yourself checked, if you don't find that answer, it's better to find that answer early on and deal with it so that you have a better survival rate. Um, you know, like I said at the, at the intro, you know, we all know people that have been affected, you know, by cancer. Um, in some way, my dad four years ago um, w- was uh, diagnosed with colon cancer. It was caught early on, um, stage one. Um, recently, we've heard about Chadwick Bozeman, who also four years ago was diagnosed with, um, uh, colon cancer. He, I guess he didn't catch it in, in time. I think he had stage four, which is one of the reasons why he passed. He fought it and it was a private battle. Um, and 
you know, there's things like that that continue to happen. And, you know, I think the, the best thing, thing we can do is catch it early. I'm lucky and grateful that my dad is still, um, you know, with me and with us. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that was a constant, that was a reminder with all this kind of going on that, you know, there's things that we can do that we will have these kind of, you know, downs and these challenges and that will come up, but it's how we deal with them and that, that, and how we face them that will determine the outcome. And that spirit, that attitude of gratitude that she reminded us, great advice. My goodness, I hope I can walk forward being more mindful of that now from having had that conversation. That's a challenge to myself on air, going public with it, putting it out there. Hold me accountable, please. D2, I mentioned this at the onset. Looking forward to this. I've got a few questions for you, kind of rapid fire, but the run ATL training program, the version for this fall, it is still going to happen. And tell me, virtually, is that correct is that the way we're going to do it yes it we are we are going to go virtual um you know we are still kind of in the in, the, in a pandemic we are one we want to make sure that we are practice social distancing that we're not gathering large groups of people um it you know we would love to have everything in in person that we could congregate in stores and hug each other you know after a, a group run um but that's we're not at that point yet um, but you know, we, we started at the beginning of the year with the plans of doing this, you know, in person and then COVID hit and we had to, you know, switch gears and go virtual. And right now it was one of those things like, well, you know, well, what do people want? What do our followers, you know, um, want? And I did a simple, you know, survey on Twitter and Instagram to kind of, you know, like, would you be interested in doing a program again? And the you know response was overwhelmingly said yes. So we cater to what you know they say, give them what the people want, and so that's what we're doing. We're giving them you know giving you what you want, and you want a training program, and of course we're not charging anything for it. It is virtual. Um, you know, I will be the head coach, and I will be sending out weekly emails. The training program is posted online, so you don't have to sign up. We would love to have you sign up. Um, but it's there, it's free. There's nothing, nothing's hidden behind a paywall. You know, it's there, um, as a way of kind of giving back to the community, supporting all of you that are out there that maybe need, uh, to set a goal, maybe need some accountability, some motivation. And this is for a 10 K, uh, you know, hopefully, whether right now it's virtual and maybe it's the Peachtree 10K that you're doing virtually. Maybe it's another one that you're doing around the Thanksgiving day time period that's virtual. But this gives you the opportunity to train for something um, and, you know, have some coaching by me um, through weekly emails. But also you've got you'll have my email address that you can reach out for any specific questions that I'd be happy to answer um, uh, and, you know, cater any any the program if, if you have any difficulty or any you know challenges that you can so that we can get you to that virtual finish line so a couple of questions first of all logistically how does somebody get registered so very easily you can um, just go to our website go under resources and there is a menu on the, on the resources it says run atl fall 10k training and then just the information's there and there's a link a form at the bottom to fill out your your name and your email and then you'll be included so that, you know, um, as far as those emails and you'll be, you know, added to that database that will be emailing those um, weekly, you know, kind of motivation and, and informational content to and, get you ready. And program dates going to start uh, in October, I believe. Yes. And so that'll take us through. And then maybe even people who might say, well, my goodness, I'm going to create my own 10K or whatever the distance might be. Certainly this is a program for them. But when do you anticipate then? the participants would be ready for that 6.2 mile distance. So the training program right now is kind of geared really around for those that maybe are doing a, a peach tree, you know, virtual 10 K on Thanksgiving day. So that would be the end date. Okay. You know, um, it's going to start October, the week of October 5th. That's the, the, the start of it. It's eight week training program. Um, you can do, even if you have not signed up, for any virtual race. This is a great program for you to kind of challenge yourself. If your goal is, I want to run a 10K, but I don't want to do it as a, you know, sign up for a virtual, that's fine. Do it. It's it's a personal goal. It's something that you can do. Sign up for it. Even if you're like, eh, I'm not quite ready. I just started walking. I really would be more interested in doing a 5K. Great. Everything that's on, on the site and as far as the training program, just cut everything in half and you'll get to that 5K, you know, distance by Thanksgiving day. 
You know, that's so cool. that's one of the things that we're working on. And, you know, already, like I said, there's, there's things that we're, you know, my mind is kind of going and planning and thinking. I'm like, but right now for 2021, we don't know what the landscape looks like. You know, will they, will there be a Publix half marathon? We don't know. But my mind's already kind of thinking, it's like, is the next step a half marathon training program? We've so, already got some other things. I'm thinking, I'm like, well, what are some other programs that we can work on to get people motivated and stuff? And once again, this is a way of just kind of supporting the community because we know that there's a lot of intimidation, a lot of things that people need help on um, to get started, to get moving. And this is our way of doing it. Well, and, and I know your wheels are always turning any special features or things that you can reveal that you're working on or that might be part of this that are not on the website or that haven't been revealed previously that you can disclose? Well, I mean, for the most part, this is going to uh, follow this very similar to the content that we had uh, for the you know summer 10K program. We are going to customize the content a bit because now we're getting into winter and you know we're worried more about heat and humidity. Now we're going to focus a little bit more on the cold weather, how you should layer up and things that you should think about, you know, and, and you know, um, and so there's that part of it. Yeah, obviously, you know, the first part of the you know, the first um, program we had, we had sponsors attached to it. This time, we decided not to do any sponsors because it was found it maybe um, that it it limits the content a little bit to where like, oh, well, we can only talk about these you know uh, products or these vendors. Now there's no sponsor attached, free range to talk about any sponsors, promote any products. Um, without any limitations. So there's that part of it that we're looking at for, for, um, for this, you know, fall program in the future, you know, if we start, if we go into a half marathon, we're going to focus a lot more, uh, really on recovery. Cause I, I think as we get in the longer distances, that's more important. We do cover a little bit of that, um, in, in this, you know, 5k, 10k, uh, program nutrition becomes even more important. We cover that here as well. And just kind of really touch lightly on it just to kind of do it as more of an introduction but if we do a half marathon training program that'll be part of it as well and like i said my wheels are spinning and you know i'll i'll throw out an idea that don't know if it'll happen but you know i thought uh, about you know potentially sometime down the road a a trail running um training program so you know there it is there's a preview of things perhaps to come no matter what certainly mission work for us d2 to grow to support to enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle well i'd like to take i mean since we're teasing this and right like i said these are all ideas right now and a lot of this comes from you know what people want like i said we're giving the people what they want right now they want a 10k program so if there's anything that you want anything that you feel like yes that sounds like a great idea or you know what i've got an idea for something else let us know. Reach out to podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. If you're like, wow, that trail, trail running sounds great. I, you know, don't wait for it. I'm, I, want, I want something, you know, by this date because I'm really looking forward to it. Whatever it is, you know, we need that feedback, you know. And if you're like, you know, I really wish you would change this or change that, great. Let me know. I mean, this is totally brand new for us, something we're kind of exploring and kind of want to develop and build it to be something that you guys are going to really find a lot of value in and really appreciate it. And, um, and, and that's why we do it. If, if, if you guys, if you guys didn't want it, if you didn't love it, then we'd say, well, there's no point in it. Let's not do it. And let's, let's not waste anyone's time. But right now it seems like that's what you want. So that's what we're doing. Right on. You are a man of the people. We are a brand of the people for sure. It is mission work for us. It is time for us to say so long. Of course, it will not be that long before we're back. Just another couple of weeks. We will continue to bring you this broadcast on an every two-week basis, even when we are still social distancing. D2, thank you again. Many thanks to Chantel Purcell. Check out the show notes for all the links that we mentioned. And of course, get yourself registered for that Run ETL virtual fall training program. In the meantime, as we always say, as we certainly mean, may your best miles be those covered on foot. So long, everyone.